0: This is Plan B, Episode 13, for July 2nd, 2013. Welcome to Plan B, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, contemplating the future and present of Bitcoin, with insights for the novice shop talk for the expert, and opinionated discussion for the interested observer of Bitcoin and related technologies. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is my co-host, Drew. Hello, hello, hello. I know it's a little hot over where you're at today.
1: <laughs> I'll persevere for something uh, what, like a large show or something. You know so what
0: I'm going to do to make it up for you? Since you're going to have to sit in that hot box, guess what, Drew? Big show. Huh? Oh, what? Big show, Drew. Big what? show. Uh, And uh, normally here on the Plan B podcast, we advocate not fixating on the price of Bitcoin, but talking more about the function of Bitcoin. And we will essentially, we we will very much be talking about the function of Bitcoin this week, but it is unavoidable. With the re- recent price turbulence, we're going to devote a little bit of the time today talking about the price, kind of give you some of our insights on what we think might be going on, what's causing it, and what directions are things are going, and also sort of the state of some of how the alt currencies are holding up while Bitcoin is in a lot of turmoil. There's, there's a few interesting things that are coming at a hedge. Uh, the infrastructure of Bitcoin is demanding one thing, and the market sale of it as a commodity is demanding another thing. And these two things are about to come to a head and I want to talk about that later in today's show. Also, of course, if you if you listen to last week's show, you know that Drew and I just recently bought in into Bitcoin. We bought a little bit of Bitcoin just recently and we'll give you an update on our thoughts on where that's at now and uh, if you should be selling. We're not market experts, but we've got some thoughts. So we will talk about the price. That will be coming up today. But first, Drew, as is per tradition on the Plan B show. I propose to you, and you feel free to reject me flat out if you think it's necessary. But I propose to you, we start with the feedback.
1: Eh, you know, well, you know, you're the host, so whatever, whatever you want to do. No, no,
0: you're the host. I'm just here along for the ride. Oh, you, oh, yeah, you, know. you know, all right. Well, all right. Well, let's, you know what? We'll just do the feedback. Don't want to break tradition. Our first one this week uh, came in from all one. He emailed Plan B at Jupiter Broadcast. What?
1: It's huge. <laughs> Have fun, man. I'll, I'll go take a nap.
0: Well, uh, maybe you know we'll see if I if my improviser skills uh, on the fly can kick. Because oh, I haven't read this yet. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Hey, Chris and Drew, all one here, longtime viewer, first time emailer. I want to touch on a few of my opinions and hopefully fear, hear some feedback. Oh boy, Drew, here we go. First, I don't think it's been discussed on the show, but. I read a few Bitcoiners expressing that they thought the difficulty was only a concern for miners and thus price would not vary in relation to mining difficulty, the implication being the difficulty would rise faster than price, crippling the future profitability of a given generation of mining units. I want to throw out my thoughts. Though price should not follow difficulty, if price cannot rise to match a rising difficulty, miners will shut down equipment due to unprofitability, and fewer people will start expanding their mining setups. Conversely, if price rises very quickly in proportion to difficulty, interest in mining will increase, bringing up the difficulty. In this way, and possibly also becoming more network uh, computational power means more secure currency and transactions. Difficulty and price ought to be closely linked The long-term correcting for technology improvement. Wow. Okay. So I want to stop right there for a second. So what Alwyn is essentially saying is as the difficulty rate goes up, the price has to sort of compensate miners for their increased investment in faster types of mining equipment, increased power usage, increased cooling, all of those kinds of things. And when these two things fall out of sync, Um, which is exactly where they're at right now. In fact, this is kind of what I was just teasing a second ago. So we're gonna we're gonna get to this a little more later in the show, but right now we are at a we are at a big mismatch where the difficulty is continuing to increase at a very, very steady rate. ASICs are coming online, guys like Drew are buying these USB eruptors, which he's gonna Mm -hmm. talk about in a little bit. And they're not and at the same time though, as everyone is currently quite aware, the price is plummeting. It is it is on a downward trend it may it may correct a little bit it was it did actually get down to the lower 80s uh it sort of started to creep back up towards 90 a little bit but it's not necessarily that's no there's no guarantee there and uh where we do have a guarantee is at least for the short term unless a lot of miners start shutting off their equipment difficulty is going to keep going up so uh save your thoughts on that one all one i'll continue on your email because drew and i are going to address that a little more in the second half of the show He also talks a little bit about Litecoin. He says it's probably the altcoin that's most familiar to uh, most folks and presumably the one that you most prefer. I personally don't see any added value inherent to Litecoin or Feathercoin or Devcoin or IXcoin versus Bitcoin. The quicker target block time, 2.5 minutes versus 10 minutes, simply means that the given equivalent... Hashing power on Litecoin and Bitcoin, the computational inter- interoperability of transactions uh, reversal at six confirmations in Bitcoin is matched at twenty-four confirmations in Litecoin. Namecoin, on the other hand, offers significant new features, which we kind of we touched on on this show. Right, right. Um, furthermore, since Litecoin uses Script POW, which is entirely incompatible with SHA-256 proof-of-work algorithms, merged mining with Bitcoin is impossible. Mm. What what you see all one is you see software that is smart enough to sort of monitor the price and switch between, you know, CPU, GPU, USB eruptor, depending on the price. So while, yeah, you can't run them at the same time, it's not necessarily a complete waste in hardware. Uh, Finally, he says here, I don't think the big Gox problem will be solved by more exchanges, better exchanges, smaller exchanges, or even distributed exchanges. I believe it will be solved by more merchants accepting Bitcoin in trade. Well, that's a really good point. Ultimately, for purposes other than forex-style speculation, bitcoins will likely be obtained primarily by working for them, not mining or purchasing them, just like traditional currency. If you read the uh, recent fencing guidelines on online currencies, it's made clear that individual bitcoin miners who convert BTC to USD are considered money transmitters, while miners who purchase goods with BTC are not. This will force the transition away from dependence on exchanges simply due to endless red tape necessary for legal compliance. Hope to hear your responses on the show. I really appreciate the show. Keep up the good work. Regards, all one. You know, his final point there, Drew, what do you think about this whole, if you keep it in the BTC system, um, you don't, you're don't. you not a money transmitter, according to FinCEN, um, do you think this is going to facilitate a transition to a BTC economy or do you think this is more likely to isolate Bitcoin off onto this fun money island on the internet and when you actually have to pay taxes and you have to do other things you're not going to be able to the two cannot meet otherwise you will get consumed by the IRS where, where I th- are we do you think
1: I think it's gonna be more isolated you know yeah uh. I, I thought the I thought that the uh, the money transmitter thing would apply to the people that are actually converting Bitcoin to USD, which is like the exchange itself. I didn't think individuals were were considered to be responsible for converting it if we're not actually performing the conversion and using it. Their party to do so. So maybe I'm not understanding, or and also that that Vincent thing was kind of vague. Like it wasn't entirely clear. So
0: yeah, well that's for sure. People are asking for clarifications on it. I you know this is sort of the where I'm I'm operating under this. If if we take in Bitcoins here for the network, I am. I'm either going to sit on them or I am going to exchange them for other things that are in Bitcoin through like some of the BTC stores that are out there where they'll either do a proxy service or glide where I can pre-charge something. Uh, because to me, I'm I feel like this is a question that is a very much a 2013 question, but in in July of 2014, it's gonna be very clear what the answer is here. And so I feel like Bitcoin's in a stage where I can hedge, I can wait till this is cleared up. There's no, you know, if I was a miner and I made the the bulk of my, remember we got that email from that guy last week who wanted to kind of, he lost his job and he wanted to make up a revenue by mining. See, now he's in a completely different spot now because he actually needs to turn that over. Ah, geez. Or, you know, the other thing that probably people, I would imagine Silk Road vendors have a problem here because they've got to, they take in a lot of BTC. And they're going oh, to turn so, it over uh, to byproduct, right? So you gotta somebody's going to be watching all this. because right.
1: they're going to be watching them convert all this stuff, and they're going to be seeing very large blips with certain individuals and certain addresses. You got to wonder.
0: You got to wonder through certain accounts. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So interesting thoughts there, all one. I think. Uh, I think. I don't know if I. I don't know if it's going to isolate Bitcoin, but I. It'll have that effect initially, but I think it will encourage a Bitcoin economy because I feel like we're already starting to see a Bitcoin economy set up, startup in the sense that. I've hired contractors, tossed them a Bitcoin, right? I've ordered lights, tossed it, tossed them a Bitcoin. Um, I ordered a phone, I used Bitcoin. I order uh, Omaha Steaks, I, I use Bitcoin, right? I'm, I'm like, I'm literally starting to, in all of these areas, I'm starting to use Bitcoin where I can, and and the way I do it is since I'm part speculating and also, I but the other part of me wants to sort of stimulate the Bitcoin economy. I sort of spend when I feel like we're going to have price drops. So I spend while right. the coins are up, and then I buy while the coins are down. Um, sometimes I make the mistake of buying on the way down, even though I tell myself I'm never going to do that like I did last week. I still <laughs> I <know>. do it. <laughs> but, we're screwed. Yeah. So, but I try to keep it all in Bitcoin for now. Um, I don't think I've cashed out any other than um, my, first, my first phone I bought with Bitcoin, my Note 2, I cashed. I converted that into cash. And but oh. now I've now I've learned my lesson. All right, Andreas writes in, buckle up, Drew. So something about a link being broken. What's he talking about? Do You know?
1: Oh, Maybe. oh no, that's my uh, that's oh. my comment in there.
0: Oh, oh, his link is broken. He says, hey guys, great show. Uh, from Berlin tomorrow, we have the first Bitcoin exchange in Berlin ev- in Berlin event. He links us to that, and then check out the delicious Bitcoin guys with restaurant and bars. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, some so- new high speed miners are on the way from Germany
1: that that uh, that second link he has there um, I think it's like a map thing that lists a bunch of different uh, places uh, yeah different can... bunch of places where that accept Bitcoin and the other one is like a German these are all German websites it's all in German whatever but it looks like they have some crazy miners if you go to that 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 third link and then go to the products page um, at the they,
0: German-bitcoinmining.de just dashes in between everything but uh, yeah you're right that first one is like uh, it's like a Google map overlay of places that accept Bitcoin that's really cool um, all right, so I'm opening up the second one. Ooh. Ooh, is this like the Butterfly Labs of Germany?
1: It seems like it, yeah. If you go to the products thing, they got like a 750 giga hash.
0: Hold on, I got to translate this because I can't read anything. I know. Of this. <laughs> Our products, okay. Oh my gosh, 350 giga hash? 700?
1: I know, right? 350 giga hash? Something I never heard about like anywhere in Bitcoin. Looks right? like, but, uh,
0: that's right. uh, yeah. Okay, it says... uh a bitcoin mining german in from german provides an elite miner with enormous computing power He must have a professional bitcoin for somebody who must be a professional bitcoin miner so they're kind of touting the german engineering that's funny i didn't realize they really did that as much in germany just seeing, i guess we do that here in america it's american engineering Very true true um, it says for technical reasons we can't take orders from Something about this, this June, something in June that couldn't take orders, but I can't tell if it's shipping or not, Drew, but this is intense. It's not, okay, so this is a pre-order, this is a pre-order, but damn, yeah. 750 hashes? that difficulty rate's going to go crazy. <sighs> this is the meta story of our episode, is the difficulty rate is colliding with the price. I really think so, and we're going to get to it, but uh, now you see this, it's like, holy crap. I know,
1: right? I was like, 750, hold on Their here. Their base
0: unit is 350. Their base yeah. unit is 350. Now, keep in mind right now, Butterfly Labs, the best they've been able to ship is five gigahashes. Okay. So we're talking 350 for their base here. <laughs> you think that's legit?
1: I, I, it's hard to tell. I don't know. Maybe this guy can give us more more uh, details, you know, some some actual info from the, yeah. from the German side.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, let us keep, yeah, maybe he can be our reporter from the yeah. uh, Bit Plan B German Bureau. All right. Uh, Noah writes in. He says, uh, hey, Drew, hey, Chris, I came across this today and thought you might find it interesting. The article says this month, Butterfly Ana- Labs announced it was selling bare ASIC chips without the associated hardware for $75 apiece. Butterfly Labs is also creating, uh, crediting the chips to customers as a thank you to our customers for being patient with us for all orders placed before April 1st, 2013. Boy, I think I just missed that. Um, yeah,
1: do we talk about this a little bit, Drew? I don't remember because they're they're selling the chips themselves, not the chassis or the yeah. unit or yeah. or any kind of driver software.
0: Which is interesting, right?
1: Yeah, that's. I guess they're trying to be like a parts vendor, doing this kind of stuff.
0: I don't know. I don't know. It 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 definitely it definitely tells me that the people like myself, although I was doing it out of speculation, that uh, banked on Butterfly Labs as their source of next generation Bitcoin mining, um, definitely are uh, behind the ball here. Um,
1: the, do you regret? Do you uh, regret going with them, like making your pre-order through them, as opposed to waiting around and maybe buying shares in like ASIC miner or any oh, other kind of stuff? Uh, in so? terms
0: of pure profit, absolutely. Yeah, no. The only reason I bought the Butterfly Labs machine was specifically for the purposes of this show because I felt like then I could. I, I kind of was closer to the situation, and right. I also am of the opinion that uh, hardware makers like Butterfly Labs are the future of Bitcoin mining. This sexy, portable, external. Dedicated mining. And I think if Bitcoin is to be massively successful, I would love to see households all over the world have one of these little units where maybe they're just kind of collecting the dust as it comes downstream, but they're also helping to secure the network. And I feel like. If when you take a unit like what Butterfly Labs makes, you put it at the right price point, you make it sexy enough, you make it easy enough to use, it, you could have this kind of thing just become like anybody who's mildly interested in Bitcoin owns one of these things, right? And I think right, that right. is a very very good future for the security of the Bitcoin network. So that's why I bought in. I'm kind of I'm, I bought into that idea. If I was in for raw profit and I wasn't kind of looking at that angle at all. I totally would have gone with the share route. I think that they, those ASIC shares, um, you know, I, I something about that whole thing feels shady to me. I don't know what it is, but I, but but for you know, at least short term profit, it definitely seems like the way to have gone. Because I think aren't the payouts just going higher and higher like right now?
1: It's, I think the dividends are, are decreasing, but um, oh, okay. I don't know. Oh, okay. I try I try to get into it. I, I tried like you have to go through a site and then you have to create another uh, an account on another site that you fund it. With your bitcoins to the other site, yeah, and then that site pays into the share thing. Yeah, I started going through it, but I was like, <laughs> I spent a good twenty minutes, you know, messing with it, and I was just like, all right, I'm done. And then uh, I saw the USB block eruptors and I was like, that's a much easier way to go.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of impressed by those. Um, I know uh, we're gonna hear your thoughts, and it was that the that was the last feedback we had. Uh, one one thing that just came in through the IRC right now is uh, from, uh, from uh, Nick Rusu in the uh, chat room. He says that uh, his girlfriend's in a class called Startup Engineering uh, on is that Coursera's on um, Coursera, and their final project is to make a startup that accepts Bitcoin. How rad is that? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, the, uh, it's kind of like a class experiment, and I think that's really hip. That's really neat. What are, you know, why don't we talk about your experiences with this? You ordered some of those USB eruptors.
1: Yeah, I saw on the uh, on Reddit that BTC Guild was selling them directly. I was trying to figure out a way that you could buy them. So how
0: did easier. you did you use Bitcoin or uh, oh. it was a PayPal or what?
1: Oh yeah, um, I, yeah. I just uh, they just you know they have a little store on, on BTC Guild. I just bought three of them with chopped, PayPal. Uh, uh, no, with, with with uh Bitcoin.
0: Oh snaps! You know oh, they're yeah. also selling them on Amazon. Oh really? I did not know. Yeah, that. not directly. They're through multiple sellers, but uh, so uh, when do they arrive?
1: Um. I'm like, I think I'm like 170 uh, in the queue. Like, there's, they said about a like a week after. I how ordered. many did you so get? I ordered three. And they're and they... they just raised the price as well. Um, because before they were like they were like two or two or two and a half bitcoins like a month or two ago, and then they dropped the price down to one. And now with the price of bitcoins dropping, they it, I think unless I'm crazy, they increased the uh, price by 0.05 BTC. Do you mind if I ask how much you ended up spending? Uh. Three bitcoins.
0: Three oh, okay. Okay. It was three bitcoins total. And, and that's going to be what? 300 megahashes each? It was
1: 3.085. And, and they're 300 megahashes each? Yeah, 333. And they run at like 2.5 to 3 watts. <laughs> 333, huh? Oh, yeah. Huh. So, well, 1,000 gigahashes at some point, And uh, apparently you can, run, you can run it off your uh, Raspberry Pi. So, I'll actually have a use for my Raspberry Pi and just put it off in the corner. Well, oh, yeah. No,
0: yeah. Because all of, the, all of the compute powers in the USB chip is not in the uh,
1: host. Yep. So Which it's is got awesome. a powered USB hub. Drop them on there and see what's going on. Just what you need for that uh, 100 degree temperature year. I know, at. right? Hopefully yeah. BFL takes another year to uh, you know release their stuff, and maybe the other other ASIC producers uh, keep keep going nice and slow. So I'll at least get some kind of head start because uh, in the near future the 333 ain't going to be jack. Well,
0: I'm going to go a little out of order from our doc because uh, we got a little follow up I want to get to. But before we do that, I want to give people a hard time because we haven't gotten a voicemail. In a while, and Drew and That's I true. on the pre-show were thinking, you know, it'd be fun to do a call-in episode where we have we open up the lines, people call in, we talk open mic, different you know, we, or we'll throw a few different things at people's faces and have them give us their answers. But honestly, if we're not getting voicemails, I am doubtful we're going to get uh, enough calls to do a whole episode. So uh, let us know that you're interested. Call us up and talk about something on our voicemail line. That's one 58 plan b we want to hear from you guys we want to uh, hear your voices because we like to play clips on the show and it's a great way to get and also you pretty much always go to the front of the line like if we get a bunch of emails in a week and we get two voicemails guaranteed those two voicemails are going to get played right so (laughs) just keep that in mind too um all right now before we get into the discussion this week uh some of you might remember from a few weeks back we had on um uh, one of from the couple of the uh, two the two married couple they're doing life on Bitcoin a documentary, and they were uh, just starting up a Kickstarter when they came on the show. Well, good news, they got funded. And here's a little clip from their
1: update. And we are so thrilled. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, we hit our goal in just under two weeks, and we had contributions coming in from all over the world. What do we have? Sweden, Brazil, the Mediterranean. And then, of course, all over the country. And we are so thrilled and thank you so much for donating to this project.
1: Yeah, we are pretty excited and also we've had a lot of people telling us we're crazy and, and maybe they're right. But this is going to be awesome mm-hmm. and we're excited to share it all with you as we go along. Um, we wanted to tell you about... Well, we've gotten a lot of press, a lot of global press, a whole mm-hmm. bunch of reports in China and India and uk uh we had a, we had an article in fast company a couple days ago we'll link to that in the description down below and thank you for the press just thanks for the interest and the support and the backing
0: there you go he, he went on to talk about uh his uh the stretch goals that they're introducing now they're trying to you know they're at seventy one thousand dollars in funding right now they're going to try to get that uh Maybe up to as high as, as 150,000 if things work out, but they've laid out funding goals now at 80, 90, 100, and 150. And uh, basically, the way it's going to work is the more money they get, the further and further out into the community uh, the the camera crew goes. Um, all these kinds of different things are going to try to expand the coverage of, and and and, and um, scope of what the documentary is going to cover about Bitcoin.
1: Oh, uh-huh. how cool is that! That's good, man. Good, good stuff. I mean, yeah. Congr-
0: congratulations to them. I know they got they got a little uh, they got a little grief from some folks. Oh,
1: they still accepted the BCC, so they can relax. Yeah, I know,
0: I know, Drew. I know. All right. Well, I want to uh, one more thing. I want to follow up on you were uh, you were you were like a hawk with this, Drew. I don't know where you found this, but we came we came up last week that at the G8 summit. Mt. Gox had bought like this big old ad in this mag on this like summit magazine because you know this this may this this summit's for such this level of muckety mucks that you know you go to this event and the event itself has its own full magazine like a full magazine and uh one of the things that was in the magazine was an ad for Mt. Gox but another thing that was in the magazine was this piece from John Lyons chief executive of uh the International Cybersecurity Protection Alliance
1: sounds important, <laughs> right? And he had like this horrible piece on Bitcoin, didn't he? Oh, it is pretty freaking brutal, man. It, it was, it was a lot. Uh, I, I read it a couple of times, and I was like, "Wow, wow, really?" Uh, you know, in terms of uh, the the things that he's calling for. So there's a bunch. There's a. It's a kind of a long block of quotes. We have got a couple of separate ones, but uh, these are basically dile- directly from the document here. So I'm going to read the uh, first quote. Um, it, it gets it gets a little crazier as you get deeper into it. He says. As world leaders gather at the G8 Summit in Northern Ireland this year, they will be considering and debating some of the most pressing global issues of our time. Those that specialize in the uh, cyberspace arena hope that they will also have time to address the deeply worrying trends that threaten the economic and social benefits that the internet can deliver to humankind. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Sounds like we got some crazy stuff going on on the internet. Insert rhetoric here. Oh, yeah. Little brutal. He, he continues on, as highlighted by the latest initiative of the United States to arrest some of the suspects that were involved in the Liberty Reserve, um, parentheses, a, a group indicted for money laundering that ran a $6 billion worldwide operation out of Costa Rica, alternative payment mechanisms, that's a key word there, alternative, alternative payment mechanisms such as Bitcoin and a host of others can enable criminal and terrorist groups to launder money and fund their operations. Oh,
0: Governments- the T word got in there.
1: Oh, I know, right? Perfect, uh, perfect little uh, melding there. Governments around the world could take two measures that would have a significant and long-lasting effect on the ability of online criminals to secure their ill-gotten gains. One, outlaw alternative payment mechanisms for trading <laughs> currencies online, and two, introduce legislation to confiscate the proceeds of online crime. Wow. It sounds to me like we are all a bunch of criminals and terrorists, and if we're not, we're still potential ter- uh, terrorists and criminals, which means it still sounds like they want to make it legit that they can Jack Money. And,
0: so this is an opinion piece uh, that's running in this magazine. And of course, this guy is a cybersecurity protection uh, expert, <laughs> this John Lyons. And all of the world's leaders are seeing this. Now, who knows if they're reading it? But th- if this is the rhetoric that's in their magazine at the summit. Uh, it's
1: in the publication directed to world leaders.
0: <laughs> so, we've, got, and we've, got it, uh, we've got this linked in the show notes. Um,
1: the entire thing. The yeah. entire if you want to yeah. look for this Bitcoin part, it's on page 60.
0: 60? All right, I'll scroll it, through while you keep going.
1: It gets crazier. So, where okay. about, you know, just as crazy? If treasuries and financial institutions around the world were to block those transactions and permit only legitimate currencies to be used on the internet through regulated payment service providers and cards such as Visa, Visa MasterCard, and American Express, then the flow of many billions of dollars to criminal groups could be stemmed. Furthermore, if those same countries introduced if necessary additional legislation to confiscate the proceeds of such online crime these funds could either be either returned to those who had been defrauded or be used to fund international projects that could bring about a more safe and secure internet environment for all citizens so it sounds like they they, they really want to stop this stuff but uh, you know they want to they want to use the money that they confiscate to help people but at the same time, if they're not able to do that, they would like to use those funds, confiscate those funds, and use them to secure the internet.
0: Wow, and they have this filed in the economic growth section of the magazine. Um, this is uh, this is essentially, they're, they're meshing one of the most important topics right now, which is economies around the world, with one of the most hype topics around the world, cybersecurity, and they're saying Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are the currency of the terrorists, of the money launder. These are the currencies of the criminal is what he's saying.
1: Yeah. And, and they're not implying that, you know, some people, they're, they're, they're not even mentioning that, a lot. you know, there, there could be a great deal of legitimate activity and, and you know, legal uh, things that people are undertaking by using Bitcoin. But this, this this whole thing is blanketing the entire system as implicitly being criminal. And if you operate within the system, then you are a criminal and you are a terrorist. There's, no, there's definitely no gray area in, in his opinion piece here. And he goes on to say that the very last bit, if the leaders of the European Union and the United States could be convinced to take a lead on these initiatives, that would be a huge contribution to making the internet a safe place for financial transactions. At the same time, it will also strike a blow against those who would try to destroy the fabric of our world's well-being.
0: Whoa. Destroy the
1: fabric of our world's well-being? It sounds to me like he's trying to get a nice big government contract. Doesn't it?
0: Yeah, the International Cybersecurity Protection Alliance stands ready to work with governments interested in taking these hugely cost-effective, sensible measures.
1: He wants the governments. He, he wants financial institutions to be either required or at least strong-armed into, you know, preventing money from going to any channel where it could, you know, to any kind of exchange where it could be exchanged for bitcoins.
0: There is going to be an entire period where all of the old guys that run governments, who are scared of computers will be continually manipulated by crony contractors into buying into these massive hype schemes to spend tens of thousands of millions of billions of dollars with government contractors. And there's no reason they wouldn't take advantage of scaring people around Bitcoin to get those contracts. I mean, of course they're going to do that, right? Of course.
1: Right. And we're not not talking about a great deal of money that's being, you know, well... There's not that much being exchanged relative to what we talked about last week with, with the HSBC money laundering like $700 billion. Right,
0: right. And meanwhile, the Bitcoin economy is like a billion.
1: Right. and just, I mean, I, their funds aren't being seized. They're not, they're fun, you know, n- none of this stuff. Like, nobody's calling for anything like that. And, and in, in orders of magnitude, the HSBC thing on its own, which is something that we know about, I'm sure there's many things that we don't know about, but you know it, it completely blows us out of the water. You
0: know it's crap when you have a cybersecurity protection expert <laughs> who's who's i mean every security person who's worth their salt knows that cryptocurrency is in some form the future of money for the world at least for a world that is interconnected
1: yeah what about the uh, the current generations of people that rule us
0: maybe if the aliens come and drop an emp bomb
1: <laughs> then we'll about, go, yeah.
0: then we'll go back to gold
1: that 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 that's, that that's that's a crazy thing that, that you think about you know that they could it could it could happen in the future, like they're you know they're talking about like atomic weapons being able, eventually being able to be built by basically anybody, right? So I mean, could somebody could just drop one of these off in the atmosphere and then wipe out a bunch of hard drives and then or a bunch of competing equipment? And then you know, you
0: know I, I think it's, take- I mean not to get all I mean this is the fourth this is our Fourth of July weekend episode, which uh, by the way reminds me uh, to say uh, Happy Birthday to America, right? <laughs> yeah. I went and got this a couple of weeks ago and sat on it just for this moment, so. <laughs> Happy birthday, America. Um, so in this Fourth of July weekend spirit, or week spirit, uh, you know, I think it's more likely, true that you'd have some sort of dramatic economic collapse where the different – so the, the thing about the internet is it's a lot of different companies and contracts working together to make it all connect. And it is kind of the most remarkable real-world example of how chaos can be brought to order by common interest. Yep, yep. But I believe that it wouldn't take too much disruption in, in some sort of you know serious economic situation where companies start shutting down, power starts getting turned off, um, people don't show up for work, uh, whatever it is. Really, it just starts taking major disruptions. Now, anything you know, if it's a minor disruption, a couple of areas go out, the internet's generally going to route around it. Uh, that's just the nature of the beast. But if it's something serious, something that happens in the U.S., for example. Um, you know, it's not. It, I think it's a little ridiculous to say that then all of a sudden the value of Bitcoin drops, but it certainly becomes a hell of a lot less effective.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, nobody's going to really have access to use it or accept it or exchange it. And, and and of course, in a situation like that, I mean, the government, I would think, would hunker down and would like to identify certain scapegoats. And one of those could easily be a Bitcoin, you know, or some kind of terrorist attack on, on some infrastructure, you know, power supply like your you know, power, but you're it, like it, talking about.
0: The reality, here's the reality, is your debit card, your credit card, None of that stuff's gonna work anyway. The ATMs—they're not gonna work either. I mean, yep. there's nothing about the fancy fiat system that is sustainable in a situation where the internet is out. Yeah, you can exchange cash, but you could also—I mean, there's ways you could do offline Bitcoin transactions. That when the network comes back up, you know, everybody, everybody's everybody comes back online, and all of a sudden the money's gonna start moving. So you could actually do a bunch of Bitcoin transactions offline in good faith. I suppose you'd have to—you'd really have to trust the person. Um, And you could do cash transactions in an internet, you know, outage, but not everybody has enough cash on hand to do. That. I certainly don't. I have like twenty five dollars in my wallet tops at any given time. I sometimes don't even have a dollar in my wallet.
1: Yeah, I'm sure practically practically nobody does. So the, yeah, so like Visa and Mastercard and all these electronic payments, that all these other things, they're both. I mean, they're dependent upon the same system that Bitcoin. Exactly. Is, so.
0: Exactly. So while I I agree, it is a weakness for Bitcoin. It is also a weakness for the general economy in a big way. I um. That's where you know you're going to have your silver and your gold bugs. who are going to have a good argument, right? I mean, that's where you're going. Those that's where those guys are sitting back with their brewskis and like, okay, I'm ready for this fight now. I'm ready to have this conversation. Uh, But yeah, so uh, go check out the uh, link in the show notes for um, the full uh, the full PDF. It is it is worth just going through just to just to feel what it's like to have the soul sucked out of your body for a few minutes. And then once you recognize, oh, that—that's my soul leaving my body, then you can close the tab and quit reading. <laughs> One of the things that happened today, actually, as we we're recording, it's wrapped up now because our current time it is uh, ten p.m. in uh, the U.K. in London. But uh, the uh, hashtag BTC London—if you uh, type that into Twitter—you'll see a lot of stuff come up. There's not been a lot of news articles written yet, but there was uh, the, the Bitcoin London meeting. It was an invite-only special event.
1: Ooh. Um, VIPS,
0: VIPS only, but uh, turned out to be about twelve hundred VIPS, right? <laughs> I pretty
1: think, good, pretty good. Amount. I think that's
0: what they said. Yeah. Uh, um, also, another stat that was released at the um, Bitcoin London conference today: sixty percent of the Bitcoin Foundation members are outside of the United States. I thought that was a little interesting. Hmm. Um, and there's an overall theme that has kind of rolled out from the conference. And it looked like it was a pretty happening thing. I, I was able to listen to a few live streams that people had of audio going. It wasn't great. Um, these guys need to contact Plan B at jupiterbroadcasting.com. We'll go out there and live stream this thing. Just toss us a few BTCs. <laughs> yeah, <really>. we'll, we'll, <laughs> seriously, you guys, we'll have this taken care of. It's not a big deal. It's really a lot easier than you're making it. We would love to live stream this. I'm, I'm not even joking. Contact us. We will live stream this for you if you just make the arrangements with us. Uh, if we can get out there, um, so TechCrunch though was there. They had they had a man on the, they had a guy on the ground, and I guess uh, he kind of got a reputation for trying to incite uh, a little bit of um, flame war. But he uh, he 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 walked away with what I think is actually a pretty good analysis on the overall sentiment coming out of uh, Bitcoin London today, um, and it is essentially, that Europe is better positioned as a better place for the creation of Bitcoin-based startups than the United States. That was at least the message coming out of the Bitcoin London today, the first major conference in London to cover startups, investors, and business models. Note, mining is not in that list. In fact, uh, some people on Twitter that are uh, large-scale mining operations were complaining that the mining side of Bitcoin, which is fundamental to Bitcoin, was Um, Very underrepresented. But that aside, covering the broad sweep of businesses, technologies and institutions involved in the Bitcoin space, the conference heard that the U.S. may have made a fatal strategic mistake in classifying Bitcoin as if it were money so early on in its development. What emerged is that Bitcoin is being treated in many different ways, as money, as an asset class. That was a big thing that came out. Bitcoin is an asset class. That was uh, talked about a lot. Um, And also as the first highly secure P2P global information exchange. Now, remember, we talked about storing other things in the blockchain other than Bitcoin transactions. Mm -hmm. As a technology platform, and even as if it were a startup entity in its own right. Now, the, the core message here that they go on to kind of talk about is the regulatory environment in the US is such that at this point there are actually multiple US institutions that are competing internally inside the federal government to regulate Bitcoin. And so we're getting a lot of mixed messaging. You're getting you're getting folks like BitInstant who are getting you're getting letters that say, hey, this was sent to BitInstant. Hey, you, you might want to simmer down. Uh we think you might be in violation. <laughs>
1: Isn't that crazy? They say they, they they would say we think you might be yeah like oh I this, agree yeah it's so absurd that, that none of this stuff is clear to the people that are actually but then when
0: this but thing. then when it's Gox it's boom hammer drops immediately it's a completely <laughs> different approach well it's because you have different groups in the United States federal government who are competing for how this should be hand, handled so this this space of competition has created a very hostile Bitcoin environment where it this 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 competition space doesn't even exist. Over in the UK, the uh, UK Financial Services Authority doesn't consider Bitcoin to be fiat money or e money, so they haven't classified it either way yet. So it's not even an issue a over here. there right now. Uh, so they say, so they say, the innovation, the startups, the big things that are going to happen in Bitcoin are probably going to happen outside the US. Um, in fact uh, the TechCrunch article goes on to say that uh they were speaking at uh, uh to Jonathan Roche founder of uh, Bits of Gold in Israel he said he has no plans to launch his service creating a bitcoin liquidity in the US because of the potential for regulatory intervention.
1: And people think that they don't think regulations or potential for regulation doesn't inhibit at least some you know investment in certain things. This is a clear case of of, of that being wrong.
0: Well yeah. Um and it's a shame if this was a, you know, when the internet came along, the, the United States of America benefited so handsomely from that that economy growing and exploding. You know, Facebook is here, Google is here, all of the really, really, Amazon, everything, that's everybody who's really making money on the internet, you know, a lot of them or in the United States. They pay taxes here in the U.S. The United States has benefited from that, and that's one of the reasons why the NSA is now so effective. Um, (laughs) Where now, here we go, a lot of people call uh, the Bitcoin, a lot of people say Bitcoin is internet applied to money, right? They say it's the Mm -hmm. TCPIP of money. Well, this one the U.S. is going to sit out, apparently. Apparently we're going to sit this one out, because we've got all these regulations, we've got all these systems in process, and you know, this is a country run by the bankers, and... They're just going to, I guess they're just going to miss out on the opportunity to an extent,
1: right? It sure seems like it. It's making me uh, like just doing this show is making me, you know, I'm trying to be optimistic about, you know, Bitcoin, especially in the U.S. But I don't know, man, I keep I keep moving in more pessimistic directions. Yeah, and I'm kind of it's like, you know, is this going to be taxed later? Am I supposed to, you know, have a record, you know, recordings of of when I transacted money here for what amount? Like, do I got to report that at some point in the future? You know, am, am I a money transmitter now? Am I a criminal? Like yeah, what? that's why
0: I'm avoiding the whole question right now.
1: Just you know, yeah, yeah. I'm just
0: keeping it in Bitcoin. stay in BTC. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's something interesting: the Winklevoss team, the Winklevoss Winklevoss twins. You know the guys uh, who uh, supposedly own one percent of all the bitcoins in circulation. <laughs> yeah. um, yep. They're starting the Winklevoss Bitcoin Trust, and their aim is to give a commodity to buyers for more exposure to Bitcoins. According to Business Insider, the trust will apparently operate like an exchange-traded fund, which is an investment fund that can be traded like a stock. Here's what's, So, they are essentially banking on, on some U.S. regulatory issues, and they, they want to they isolate big whale investors from the ups and downs in the Bitcoin market and from the regulatory potential, you know, if if they like, like essentially you buy this, it's a proxy for buying Bitcoin and if Bitcoin yeah. gets declared illegal, you're safe. So it's a safer investment, they're saying. The investment objective of the trust is... Th- the shares to reflect the performance of a blended Bitcoin price, less of an expense of the trust's operations. Filling the needs, they say. The shares are designed for investors seeking a cost-effective and convenient means to gain exposure to Bitcoins with minimal risk. Now, you're going to have to buy these in 50,000 chunks, and you're going to get like a basket. Uh, the trust will initially sell at 20 million worth of, 20 million worth of shares. So they're going to, right out of the gate, the Winklevoss, they're going to sell 20 million worth of these basket shares. Uh, The company will be called Math-Based Asset Services, LLC. (laughs) (laughs) I like that name. (laughs) Yeah, that is pretty good. And they're actually filing forms with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as of yesterday. Now, this is a really, really, really big deal because these kinds of filings with the SEC move Bitcoin into a legitimate asset for trading category. This could actually be very good for the U.S. market if they go through. Now, here's the bad news. It's not all good news. Uh, uh, let me see. I, I, let me pull it up here. I, I got all this stuff linked in the show notes. If if you guys want to check this out, just go to jupiterbroadcasting.com and, and look for lucky episode number 13 of uh, the Plan B show. But uh, Bloomberg did a really good job of kind of pointing out some of the issues that I think are worth addressing that the Winklevoss is kind of brought to the surface by doing this filing. Uh, Bloomberg says they may, it's the best base, best case against Bitcoin fraud yet. Um, here, here's from their filing. Number one, this is, this is their, this is their sort of like when you're doing something with the sec, you have to sort of put all your cards on the table because people are investing in you. And so you need to, demonstrate that you're making all of the possible legal disclaimers up front that way later on if somebody wants to come up against you and say you tricked me into investing you can say no no you looked at our sec filings you, we put the stuff out here so they kind of have to do full disclosure in this kind of stuff and in doing so they get brutally honest number one it may be illegal now or in the future to acquire, own, hold, sell, or use bitcoins in one or more countries, and ownership of holding or trading in shares may also be considered illegal and subject to sanction. So this, well, this is number one in their on their risk sheet. <laughs> That's a pretty big is, risk.
1: Yeah, and especially to identify that that upfront, I think it kind of goes to demonstrate that that all this it's not you know there's no hokey business about this whole fear of uh, of the U.S. government or, or any type of government regulating and possibly making this stuff illegal. Oh,
0: you mean you mean it could be a reality? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I think, yeah, it, it certainly can be. I mean, if we have any kind of negative event that, you know, Bitcoin could be associated with, or, you know, like if there's another terrorist attack, oh, they, they they go back and, you know, find their private keys or the Bitcoin wallet and see that they did this, they did that, boom, you know. Like they did with the Patriot Act, like you don't have any rights anymore because they made a law that nullified your rights. So, I mean, the same kind of thing can happen with Bitcoin.
0: Here's a, here's one where they sort of admit um, they're inexperienced, the Winklevoss twins. They say... Uh, as a sponsor and its management, they have no history of operating an investment vehicle like a trust. Their experience may be inadequate or unsuitable to manage a trust.
1: <laughs> well, they're covering all their bases, aren't they?
0: Yeah. Well, you know these guys are. Uh, you know they're. Uh, uh, you know they're they're not really this. They're not financial guys, right? They're right, sports right. guys and Facebook guys. Um, Here's another one. The trust internal systems rely on the security system that is highly technical. And if such a system contains undetected errors, the values of shares could adversely be affected. What they're saying there is that their trust relies on the Bitcoin infrastructure. And if the system contains undetected errors, as in if there are errors in Bitcoin that have not been found yet, the value of the shares, i.e., the Bitcoin that this trust holds, could be adversely affected. As in, if there is a major flaw in Bitcoin, they expect a price collapse.
1: Right. No oh, sir.
0: Yeah, that would suck. Uh, Then they say the blended price, this is how they're getting their price, which I think is interesting, a little insight here. The blended Bitcoin price is based on the daily average of high and low trading prices at various Bitcoin exchanges in the Bitcoin exchange market chosen by the sponsor. So the Wickelvast twins will choose which exchanges they're going to be pulling their prices from and then blend. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And they, they say the blend is determined, this is the analysis from the Bloomberg author, the blend will be determined by an average of highs and lows of an extraordinary volatile liquid and opaque investment security. That's risky. He doesn't like it at all. But what they're doing is they're giving the rich a way in. Right? They're giving the people who want to buy 50,000 basket a basket of 50,000 bitcoins in a single buy. Right? Like you buy and sell stock.
1: Right, and and they're you know they're putting Bitcoin you know forward as like a legitimate you know investment mechanism, and so you they're know, they're adding legit- legitimacy to right. The whole
0: thing. I, you know, I I think I think it's we sit at these when the U.S. stock market is doing really bad, um, and starts to do worse. I think people will be uh, their nose they'll stick their nose a little less at Bitcoin up in the air, and they'll think, oh, maybe there is something here. Maybe when when Bitcoin was doing well, people started talking about it as sort of a um you know, a good sort of like gold and silver, but it was just an electronic version of it, and you know a lot of people say well i'm going to i'm going to spread myself out between a lot of investments and one of them is Bitcoin. I think that talk will come back. I don't think it's gone away, and I think smart investors will probably be making those purchases now as the price is getting lower and lower for a little while. yep, agreed. why don't we talk about that price? so we've kind of been mentioning it all episode it's It's been sort of the elephant in the room uh the you know when we when we were on the air last week. Um, I think I talked about I bought some bitcoins at ninety seven dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's that? How's that doing right now? You never try to catch a falling knife, Drew. Uh,
1: you never uh, try to catch a
0: falling knife. I
1: always do. I thought you know, you're supposed to.
0: You know what's you know what's playing out is exactly what we thought would play out. It just took a lot longer. Right. And right. I think as a representation of how the Bitcoin economy has grown, it used to be in the past when something really bad happened, you'd have an immediate, immediate, immediate result. But now I believe what we are seeing. Is the death of Mount Gox? Uh, we are seeing the collection of that seventy-five million dollar lawsuit, uh, the shutdown of funding options, and getting money out of Gox. I mean, don't forget, USD is there's just no way you're getting it out of Gox right now, completely. I mean, that's 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 nuclear right there. That's massive, all right. And then and then you've also got sort of all of these questions around the security state of Mount Gox, and they've they've they're trying to file to get legit now. Like now they're trying to file to get legit, and nobody knows if that's going to go through. I think you're seeing a, a, a major sort of um, f- uh, correction because of all of those events that we expected a while ago. Honestly, we expected three or four weeks ago. We're just now getting in the last week.
1: Yeah, it's trending down very slowly from from the peak. You know, like he, he, I would have thought, like like you were saying that we were talking about. you know you're going to see a huge spike and then a huge drop, but it's moving much slower in a downward direction.
0: Yeah, we keep getting like these little. We get these drops. What we're getting is like we get these drops, and then we then it picks back up for a little bit, and then right. we get these drops, which is actually not, I guess, from what I'm reading, all that uncommon. I guess that's generally how this kind of works. This is why I don't I don't really get into short term investment because to me I I go based on like like I look at the fundamentals and I think this right. is a great this is a great idea. There's obviously a need for this. To me, it seems like a it seems like a screaming deal at one hundred and twenty dollars, and it seems like an outrageous deal at ninety dollars. Like to me, this seems like the big secret that nobody's got into yet. And I so when it's getting when it gets down around ninety, I, I start to go, oh guy, I, I gotta buy, I gotta buy. I know, yeah, I'm getting
1: excited as the price is dropping. And like and it's no like hyperbolically, you know, trying to trying to pump you know Plan B or Bitcoin or anything. I I would like I would I would yeah, as pessimistic as I am, I'm still gonna buy more.
0: Yeah, although although the trend is definitely not our friend. Uh mm. some people are thinking, um, as low as sixty. I'm hoping I'm hoping there's still enough demand out there that it's not gonna go down that low. But if it does, you better believe I'm gonna buy in. I don't know I don't know at what point I would stop buying, to be honest. I would just my goal is not to buy while it's falling. My goal is to see to see it actually start going up a little bit and get it as it's going up. Right, right.
1: Uh-huh. That's the dream. That's the dream. Hopefully, uh, let let me know when you start buying because I better stop listening to my brain when I that crap. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. hit me up on G.
0: <laughs> so far, I've been okay. This last round ago, when I bought, I thought, I, I. The reason why I bought because I told myself, I, w- I would if it ever goes below a hundred, I'm gonna buy, and it did, and I just didn't know how long it'd be below a hundred. Turns out I could have waited a little bit longer. <laughs> Here's the thing that I think is sort of the um, unavoidable train that we're heading towards, is if you look over at, like, say, blockchain info or any of the places that, d- that track this kind of thing, the hash rate, the difficulty, and all of these things are continuing to go up at a very, very, very uh, uh, steep climb. Uh, even the hash rate, which is sort of leveling off just a little bit, it's still actually climbing up. Uh, It's 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 unbelievable the computational power of the Bitcoin network, and what is not going up is the operating margin of miners themselves. In fact, the Bitcoin the operating margin is about as low as it was, um, geez, back in November of 2012. Like the 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 operating margin right now for miners is lower than it has been in a very 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 long time. So what does this mean? What do you think? Mm. Eh,
1: I'm not sure.
0: You got to figure, some miners are going to shut down. And if, even, even if a difficulty re- decrease follows that, there's going to be, I, I would think, less coins on the market.
1: I mean, the, well, the difference, I mean, the diffi- if miners, if miners drop out, I mean, then the difficulty's going to, dec- uh, going to decrease and people are, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it's going to, it seems like it'd be an equilibrium. It's not something I've really thought about too much.
0: Here's what I think happens is I think miners recognize this way before anybody else does. They're already tuned into all of this. Obviously, this is their business. So they're selling now. Yesterday, I was watching the market. I saw 15 Bitcoins at once go on the market.
1: 15,000, right?
0: Uh, 15,000 dollars of Bitcoins. Yeah. Yeah, $15,000. I don't know how many in total it was. And then today, there was $10,000 all at once. I think you have these either whales or you have these miners who have been collecting for a while who realize this, they're selling now. You're going to have this correction process happen for a little while. But then you're going to get to a point of contention in the market where... Everyone's done dumping their coins on the market, and now we're back to supply and demand. And the difficulty rate's still going to be high. It's going to drive the cost up. The difficulty rate is sort of our built-in driver of that cost. I think you have the you have the cap of 21 million coins, you have that high difficulty rating, you have all of these ASICs that are continuing to flood the market, and so you're going to have more and more people bringing ASICs online every single day. So this difficulty, while maybe it might slow a little, I don't think it's going to go down. So I think we're going to have a contention issue where there's going to be more buyers than there are coins. And I, th- I think eventually when we reach that point, that's when our price starts going up again. But I just don't know when that's going to be. But we are, we're, we are not at a sustainable point because profitability for the miners is down way too low. Hash rates, our uh, difficulty rate is up way too high and the price is way too low for that, for to sustain that unless these guys start shutting down their operations, but I just don't, I don't know if that's going to happen.
1: I I don't know. It's it's a, it's a ultra complex thing to think about. I got to think about it more.
0: Yeah. It does take some time to kind of uh, mull over. Uh, I'd be curious to hear what the audience thinks. Email us in plan B at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Maybe we got something wrong here, but in my analysis, I feel like these two things are going to come to a head pretty soon. Uh, And I think they, we wouldn't even really be in this position if it wasn't for Gox, Gox blocking us all right now. That's my personal take. Um, we'll see. We'll see. As miners, you know, as, you know, guys like Drew are getting these USB eruptors, you're going to throw, you know, maybe a gigahash onto the network, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we've gotten tons of uh, people in the, in the audience who are getting these things. Uh, eventually, I'm going to get a butterfly lab. More and more people are getting these butterflies. There's going to be a lot of ASICs coming online.
1: Yeah, and, and the price of these ASICs are are decreasing. I mean, that, that's going to be the nature of things. So, you know, I just don't. I'm not entirely sure about the whole parity between the, d- the difficulty rate increasing and the price, because I mean, the cost of mining itself is going to be decreasing as well.
0: I don't. Think I don't know. So. I don't think so.
1: What? Yeah, I don't think so. We're increasing our hash rates at at a redu- at a reduced cost. So, I mean, if if the the um, the measure of well, the, the total I Bitcoin mean, hash not rate
0: really, I mean, so you you dropped you dropped essentially what you would have spent back in the in 2011 on a really nice gpu setup or a decent gpu setup right a, so the same amount but with kind of the same cost yeah but you're going to get about the same return you got back then hmm. you know what i'm saying so like when you want to get serious you really got to buy a lot of hardware you still got to really invest it still takes it's, it's all kind of the scales just kind of slided in some sense right don't you think
1: i don't know I don't know. I got to think.
0: Only one way to find out is when you plug them in and start seeing what kind of profits you get, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, in some ways. I did some calculations and said, about with, you know, there's some calculators that take into account, you know, increases in difficulty. Who knows how accurate those are, but it said, like, you know, 100, like 150 days or whatever, I would, I would get like a break even. Grax
0: Rabble in the chat room says give it four months. Moore's Law, there'll be terahashes on the market soon. Maybe. In the meantime, I think a lot of traders are refocusing on Litecoin. I've seen a ton of activity in Litecoin in the last week, way more than I expected to see, to be honest with you. And uh, that prompts an email that we got from Linux Nick. He wrote into the show. Actually, he wrote into me, but he should have emailed it to Plan B. He said, hey, Chris and Drew, I have a very small fraction of Bitcoin, and I would like to trade it for Litecoin. I can tell it's going to be big, but I have not been able to find a way to do this. Help me, Plan B. You're my only hope. How would you uh, do I wonder- this?
1: I wonder what he's looking for to cash out eventually, though, because I mean you have to take that into account. Well, I guess since you're dealing with with, with cryptocurrencies, you can transfer them to any, ex- to any exchange. But um, I, I did this exact same thing where I took my um, b- my bunch of bitcoins from Gox, moved them over to BTCe, and bought um, litecoins there.
0: Right. So BTCe is uh, Russian exchange, a Russian. They're the leader in right? litecoins
1: right now. Right? right. Yeah.
0: They're a Russian. Russian. You know, Turkey. Uh, Turkey exchange just opened up today. Oh, I didn't know. Or this week at least. Yeah, this is another thing that was uh, talked about at Bitcoin London uh, is uh, a lot of exchanges in different countries are opening up and um, there was a little more talk about uh, a lot of China uh, miners are coming online and they think it's probably only a matter of time until a Chinese exchange opens up and then you could see a lot more people buying and selling Litecoin. Linux Nick, however, wants to get involved in Litecoin. And I'll tell you, I've been following um, some Bitcoin m- market threads on uh, Bitcoin Talk and on the uh, Bitcoin. There's a Bitcoin subreddit dedicated to the to market speculation just to kind of like see what other folks are, you know. Yeah, yeah. Get, a temp, get the temps, Drew. You know, I, I like to get the temps. <laughs> and uh, a lot of them are just kind of sitting Bitcoin out right now, letting it settle down, and they're focusing in on Litecoin. And I think the recommendation would be BTCE. Just make sure you check. If you want to convert that back into your fancy uh, phony fiat at some point, just make sure you get that whole pipeline figured out.
1: Yeah, it's very complex. I try to figure it out. I try to figure ways to get you know money into BTCe, and you have to the the last time I checked, you got to go through a bunch of different third parties to to get some vouchers or whatever and exchange this and that. It's, it's kind of complicated, so you got to take that into account.
0: Now, Drew, uh, as we mentioned last week, Gox wants to provide an update from, a ta- from up on top of the uh, Gox Tower and said that we will be dealing in Litecoin soon. The next question came from that is when, because everybody wants to jump on that right away, right? Hell as yeah. soon as you want to get on that market. Well, ltcgox.com. Be the first to know when Litecoin starts trading in Mt. Gox. Forget about constantly checking the news about Litecoin and Mt. Gox. Instead, register your email and receive a notification. When Litecoin starts being traded on Mt. Gox, I guess I was reading a little bit on the thread uh, at BMT on Twitter. If you want to contact the author and ask him some questions, but essentially he created a system to set up a notification when Litecoin goes live on Gox. (laughs) So if you want to be one of the few first, well, other than idling in the Gox IRC chat room, which would probably be the best place to find out, um, you could go here to ltcgox.com.
1: Now, uh, I I, well, I wonder how much I wonder how much Gox. I mean, Litecoin going to Gox is going to affect things, given Gox's market share is declining, and they have the payment issues and all that. Like, I I wonder. I I don't. I don't. It's hard to tell whether or not it's going to be quite as big as it was expected when it was first announced that they might be doing Litecoin in the future. Yeah,
0: good point. I don't think it will be as, but I think it's still big. I think Gox still. They still hold. Yeah, yeah. You're right. right. I've heard some people say that its share is as low as fifty percent.
1: Yeah, recently volume. Yeah, I heard that same number. I've as well. heard
0: that. Too. Uh, I don't know if I believe it true.
1: I don't know. Hmm. Uh,
0: I think uh, people are hoping. Hoping, you know. I just, I'm still not quite seeing it. Yeah, still not. I'm still not quite seeing it for Litecoin. I think well, I, you know.
1: And like the guy who gave us the uh, feedback earlier, something that we that he said something that we have said you know a couple times on the show is that there's nothing really particular about Litecoin that is any significant difference from. Name the coin. other coin I think Namecoin name name is. Yeah, if you're yeah, do yeah. It, there's, yeah. there's a real substantive, substantive. of dif- <laughs> then,
0: <laughs> then again, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, then again, if Bitcoin became like a brand, if Bitcoin became like so well trusted that if being similar to Bitcoin, you know, got you trusted, you know, you know, it's like, uh, you know, when when HP makes a desktop, if they put their name on it, it's gonna sell. If if you have you have trust in association, so if it's right. if it's if you know it's similar to Bitcoin, but you need something that's maybe for microtransit, I don't know, Drew. I don't I'm pulling out of my butt. I,
1: I, I hope that I hope something like that. There, there's some carryover between the, the reputation for Bitcoin going into Litecoin. I certainly hope so because I got plenty.
0: I'll tell you though uh, WikiLeaks, I guess seems to feel that they're on board with Litecoin. They're now oh. accepting uh, donations. Uh, Litecoin has a specific section on the WikiLeaks donation page. So how about that?
1: Yeah, if you want to, you know, uh, donate your some uh, coins to a criminal inv- uh, organization, a bunch of terrorists and all that go right ahead.
0: Right. People that are trying to destroy our freedoms, right? I know by talking about it's things. By, <laughs> by yeah. <laughs> the logic works. It works, Drew. don't question it. It works. The logic <laughs> the logic works
1: there. We are on Skype. Yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> uh, um you know, I've actually kind of casually resumed my Litecoin mining. So There you have it. I want well, to make uh, one recommendation for an Android pick. I, every now and then I just want to do this. Talk about, I you know, I have a website I, sh- I should mention too before we go. So a couple of picks, a couple of Bitcoin picks before we wrap up the show. Uh, I guess some people like the Android picks from last week. I got one more that didn't just make it into the list I covered, although I had actually installed it. I just, I guess I forgot to give it mention. It's called Bitcoinium. And this is a little more hardcore. This is for your little bit more serious Bitcoin price monitor. It is, uh, it's got text charts, um, you know. It, the UI is is very very pared down. It's just focusing on the prices from all of the different exchanges, which I love. You get some great live graphs. You can get them from Bitcoinity. You can get them directly from Bitmount Gox. That's all good stuff. And yeah. uh, I don't I don't remember if it was free or not because I bought it a little while ago. Uh, the other thing that's really great, and I just, I'm surprised I didn't mention it tons of different widgets yeah, and for different currencies you can also monitor your hash rates if uh, you have one of the uh, bitcoin uh, pools that supports that you can uh, um, you can you can choose uh, the allocation unit that it uses mbtc versus full btcs versus usd versus cad or, or, or whatever it is canadian dollar canadian funny money whatever you want bitcoinium will provide it and uh, we'll have a link to that in the show notes now a few weeks ago, like two weeks ago, we had one of the editors from the Genesis Block on the show. Remember that? Yep. Good guy, good guy, real smart guy. Well, I'm, 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 I continue to follow those guys over at thegenesisblock.com. And now, Drew, now they have launched market markets, sorry markets dot thegenesisblock.com. Linked in the show notes. It's a very, very, very nice, very clean front end to the Bitcoin market data. They have an active order book. They have a recent uh, and latest trades, which will just sort of start dynamically updating as uh, buys and sells take place on the market. Uh, they've got uh, a summary of recent Bitcoin news. And it's it's much better, this summary of the Bitcoin news, as somebody who follows the Bitcoin news quite closely, it's much better than um, Most just like most most Bitcoin news sidebars just like pull an RSS feed from the Bitcoin subreddit or something and they just call it good. No, here's your Bitcoin news. This actually feels like it's been hand selected by an editor the news links here. They got they got stuff from all over the place. Really good stuff. I, I'm liking this a lot. They've got some good tools, and they're adding features to it, and this is just the beginning. They're going to be introducing other market analysis tools, all part of what they want to do over at thegenesisblock.com. Great, great-looking site. Really like it. I've been using it all day. If they just added those Clark Moody dings, I think they'd have me as a complete switcher. <laughs> but until they've got that, Clark Moody remains above my desktop all day. But uh, Go check it out at markets.thegenesisblock.com, and a tip of the hat to the Genesis Block guys for a really nice-looking... Market data. The only complaint I have is I couldn't figure out how to switch from Mt. Gox because you know I me, mean, I'm on my anti-Gox kick right now.
1: I know, yeah. I, that's a, I was. I just came to this page for the first time when you are talking about it, and I, that's the first thing I looked at top right. Where do you change it? You know, right, and you see, you right change.
0: now the price on Gox is 89 bucks. Where?
1: Can't be X. Bitstamp on our or counter yeah,
0: yeah. is 88. The arbitrage—we mentioned this last week. I think that was if that was our money maker tip of the week. The arbitrage between some of these exchanges at some points is getting ridiculous. So if you if you if you got some coins you want to sell, okay, 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 all right. Listen, listen. If you've got some money in some of these other exchanges or something like that, watch this stuff carefully, you guys, because there's a little bit of money to be made here, and you never know. You never know if it's going to go down a little bit. You might, however. I'm hopeful it's going to go up. Last week, I said it would go up. I was completely wrong. I was completely wrong. It's just because I'm a believer in the fundamentals, true. But the truth of the matter is we're all getting goxed. Just a little bit of gox. In <laughs> so. Hear, here. All right. Well, I think that'll just about wrap us up for this week. Uh, hopefully, when we come back, uh, we're all Bitcoin millionaires. And uh, we can all uh, do this. Uh, we'll do this. We'll do episode 14 from the beach.
1: Yeah, everybody, bye, 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 bye. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, welcome to Plan B uh, from the Cabana, uh, yeah. Cabana Broadcasting Headquarters. And, jeez, uh, it's getting warm, so uh, we'll have to get a fan, and uh, yeah, it'll be fun. All right, well, email the show, Plan B at jupiterbroadcasting.com, or pop the contact link at the top of the Jupiter Broadcasting website and select Plan B, or even better leave us a voicemail 1-352-58-PLAN-B or you can even send us a text message to that address and uh, it might make you into the show we love getting your feedback it's interesting to hear where you guys are at and let us know if you'd be interested in a call-in episode I predict no one will say they will be but we'll work on it so there you go Drew uh, what do you think should people check out your Google Plus page what do you want people to do throughout the week if they're needing just a little bit more Drew
1: uh, they can go there not too much there but um, I might start doing more stuff there Uh huh, so.
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, we've I'll, also I'll post have...
1: some, actually post some pictures about uh, with my uh, USB uh, my oh USB yeah totally you know you should start a thread in
0: our subreddit planbshow.reddit.com great place for input in the show give us news articles things like that feedback uh, or uh, you know maybe uh, take us a few pictures and we'll show them in next week's episode of Plan B that'll be fun too yes 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 alright everyone well thanks so much for tuning into to this week's episode of Plan B we'll see you right back here next week.